I'm Dave. And I'm Brian. And this is Text Trek. Engage. to the Starship Texas for the 96th installment of the Text Trek podcast, the home of Star Trek fandom deep in the heart of Texas, where we talk all about Star Trek all the time. Uh, today we're talking about Picard Season 1, Episode 6, The Impossible Box, written by Nick Zayas, directed by, I'm going to probably butcher this, but Maja Vervillo, possibly. Yeah. Um, you may notice we're, we're down a man today. Yes. Um, Father has been captured by the Cardassians. <laughs> Uh, father is sick. Um, uh, the, I don't think it's a coronavirus, but he's not feeling great. Uh, voice is kind of shot. So it's just the two of us running the show. Uh, we're going to be wild and crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. All together now. I've got faith. <laughs> <laughs> now we have to do his dumb song. <laughs> What's his dumb song? Father, by the way, is right here off to the side and uh, will uh, no doubt jostle me if uh, anything particularly crazy goes on. We've also got notes for him. In fact, I'm going to cut to his uh, opening statements. Um, uh, the uh, Father has reminded me through a, a visual uh, sign thing of Soji on the Borg Cube. <laughs> Soji on the Borg Cube! That was all right. Uh, alright, so, uh, this latest episode had, like, um, uh, the, the, the big reveals about, um, the, the board cube and sort of what the, the nature of what they're looking for, and we're gonna kind of do our usual little round table of, uh, opening statements, yeah. beginning with our, uh, absentee, uh, um, showrunner, uh, Fathery. Uh, I'm reading, uh, reading this, uh, what he's, he's written up here, uh, so forgive me if I stumble a little bit, Fathery. Uh, so, Fathery writes of the episode that the show continues to make fantastic contributions with the lore as far as Romulans are concerned, and now it does uh, a bit of that with the Borg. Uh, just as last week's episode largely built on what came before in Voyager, this week's episode does a bit of the same, but with Star Trek First Contact and Picard's story with the Borg. Uh, a few things that he likes the most, he loved that Picard's visit to Hugh and the Artifact might have actually helped him heal with his own Borg uh, trauma. He loved that Elnor uh, is, continues to be a favorite character on the show. Uh, and the ending of this episode with the uh, his awesome catchphrase, Please, my friends, choose to live. Uh, that was super awesome. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, he loves that he has no idea what's going to happen next on the show. Um, and the remaining episodes will likely be full of surprises for him. So, um, Brian, you want to go ahead and rebut that? No. <laughs> uh, what, what are your What are your first thoughts on? Uh, yeah, I I really liked uh, the episode. I don't think it was 
quite as much of a, 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 a kick in the, the, the emotions as the last one was. Mm-hmm. So I think we finally reached a point where I can't say, oh, this was even better than the last one. Interesting. We, okay. we might have, but, but this was good. This was solid. It was enjoyable. Um, there were lots of fun moments that I loved. Uh, I do think uh, Father is right about I'm not really sure where we're going from here. Mm-hmm. I did watch the trailer for next episode, so I have a slight hint about what's next, but only in the most trivial of manner. Uh, Plot-wise, I really don't know where we go. I mean, everything we've seen has been this board cube and yep. Picard and the ship and Earth and... It's kind of this big void about after that. Yeah, they. Um, I guess other than we probably know some characters who are going to show up next episode. Um, and I, I did watch the trailer, which I don't normally do, but I went ahead and did it. <laughs> I think because this one let me like was particularly cliffhangery, and I was like, all right. Let's see what it is. Yes, yes. Uh, any other thoughts? Uh, just, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I guess the, it's the, definitely the psychology episode. Yeah, not, yeah. Not only do we get uh, people making jokes to Picard about it, his id and ego, mm-hmm. we've also got delving into whether androids have subconsciouses mm-hmm. and, and do they dream of electronic sheep. <laughs> and Well, you know, I, I like in those uh, old 80s uh, and 90s, like... Uh, psychological thrillers that I remember I've seen like some of those and they would have somebody's dream sequence in it and you know like a therapist or somebody would talk them through it like what does that mean in there usually buildings towards some big reveal and this yeah. had one of those dream analysis sequences where yes. you're, you're walking through the dream and somebody's trying to to parse it yes um and uh and and we get um what was I say the we also get Picard grappling with his psychological issues of, mm-hmm. of basically traveling back into the abyss and I kind of oh well Picard's dealt with his Borg issues in two different stories now yeah but he's never been back on a cube that's true he's that's true. never done I mean the closest he got was kind of the Borgified Enterprise which I don't think he could ever quite forget was his ship I mean I know we'll talk about this later but I guess that's a little like this 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 may be like I don't know if this is a, this is a bad thing to say but uh or, or just a um a thoughtless thing to say, but it'd almost be like vis- revisiting a concentration camp or something like that as yeah. far as the emotional import. I don't yeah. mean to literally say it's the same thing, but yeah. but it would have that kind of weight and resonance. Yeah, now, so so yeah, we, we get to delve into some very psychological stuff, both in, in the jokes we make mm-hmm. and in the dream. We open with a dream and all of this stuff, and mm-hmm. I, I was like, psychology was definitely the theme for this episode. So... Uh, I will once again be the party pooper here <laughs> and say that this was my least favorite episode of it. Right. Um, that um, I sort of felt like they were somewhat retreading ground that too much that I've seen before. That I've seen, uh, I, I watched uh, after tr- or the um, Ready Room, yeah. their, their after show with uh, Will Wheaton. And, um, I didn't get to the chance to see that. Was it? So he talks to Jerry Ryan and she's delightful on okay. it. I still recommend the episode, but the. Um, uh, he said that he's like, I've, you know, we've never seen, uh, you know, a Borg deal with the uh, fallout of sort of uh, like becoming human again or words to that effect. And I was like, well, we did with Seven and Hugh. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I, I sort of feel like those were and I feel like those were sort of deeper explorations of it. And I feel like I've seen Picard deal with the fallout of of, of his Borg status in, in two really strong storylines. One... Uh, the one where he returns to the farm, what's that called? Family? Family, yeah. And, and then, of course, uh, Star Trek First Contact, yeah. uh, as far as, like, the big action-y version of it. Yeah. Uh, I did like see it moving the plot. And kind of with you, I board with you as oh, well. Right. We, we definitely see it discussed there. As For well. sure. 
Uh, and I also, um, although I, I, I need to rewatch this episode, that episode of Voyager that where Chakotay dealt with the colony of uh, the uh, people who were ex-Borgs. Yeah. Um, Picard <laughs> says something about, like, he's like, I don't, um, he's like, a, the idea of, uh, what, deborging people, of uh, un- unassimilating them uh, on such a large scale kind of uh, shocks him. Or he's like, I didn't think it could be done. But I was like... I don't know if uh, uh, Janeway filed that story away uh, when she got back from the Delta Quadrant, but I'm like, well, it did happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I forget. Were they? Was there a worry that the Borg might find them and reassimilate them? Because that would be a very good, re- I, good I reason. I don't remember the episode very well, but kind it, of under wraps. That would be a very good reason. And I don't to expect keep them that under wraps. to necessarily reference uh, every little episode that they, that might have touched on some of the things they do. But, um, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more as we go. But yeah, my, re- my reaction was like, uh, actually mildly negative to this one, uh, as, as it was a little bit last week, although last week had higher highs for me. I think that was it. I think the last week's highs were higher. But, um. So the negativity was just the rehashing of some Borg issues. Yeah. yeah. And that was, otherwise it was fine. I mean, like, yeah, it was, it was, there were good things in there. Um, the character development, I, I you know, um, I think I wasn't... Uh, some of the characters whose interactions are somewhat least interesting to me took the stage in this one. So I, I'm not super into uh, Dr. Gerardi's interactions with uh, Captain Rios. Uh, inter- somewhat interesting that the, 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 the closeness that may de- be developing, but uh, they as a, as a... The two of them, they don't seem to like light up the screen for me. Uh, then there was also some more, more screen time with the uh, Romulan Lannisters, uh, <laughs> Narek and his sister... Uh, still known only as Rizzo. I think her name is Narissa Rizzo, or at least that's her fake name. Um, and, and they're, they're a little bit kind of of somewhat dead screen time to me too. Uh, so once Picard was, got on the, on the board ship and stuff like that, I thought that was energizing. I liked that he was just going to, like, tell the truth. Uh, yeah. but, uh, before we get into it too much deeper, let's go ahead and, um, let's kind of start the beginning and, um, and then sort of work our way through. Well, do we got a short answer? Yes. Uh, yes, yes, that's right. We should go through the actual uh, basic premise of what happened, how this went down. Uh, uh, we were starting to get into the long answer. Here's the short answer. Yes. <laughs> so Narek finally finds a way to extract the information from Soji that he and his Tal Shiar sister have been seeking through Romulan meditation. He gets her to explore a dream she had, which reveals the planet where Bruce Maddox created her and where the other synths are likely to be. Uh, Narek is conflicted, but still attempts uh, his duty and tries to kill Soji. Uh, however, she's able to escape with the help of Hugh and Picard. Hugh uses Borg's spatial projector tech to zap Picard and Soji away. And that is our short answer of it. Start with a dream. Um, okay. I thought that was because we, 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 we have been starting with flashbacks. Yeah. So to start with right. a dream... Which it appeared to be a dream of a the fake past, flashback. a fake flashback. Yeah, that was that was. I, I thought keeps the the running gag, but also turns it on its head and keeps it fresh. What do you think? Uh, what do you think the writers were thinking when they decided to do the flashback thing as a as the bookend sort of, or as the as the kickoff to every episode? My hunch is they started with a we need to do this to make things work and fill people in, and then they realized they had done it for like most a lot of the episodes, <laughs> and then yeah. they said we should just lean into it if we're going to do. This this and, and make it look intentional rather than you know that's, I have my, this that's feeling, my hunch of how it came I have about. a feeling that they knew what they were doing with it that they were like this is a show that's sort of about bridging you know uh, you know maybe classic Trek when I say classic I'm including TNG and all that um, 
but older Trek with the newer generation of Discovery and um, and Picard, and that sort of beginning with something that bridges it through memory will not only serve the uh, purposes of like being a little bit of a nostalgia kick uh, and doing an info dub, but also thematically, uh, or at least uh, it acts as a bridge between them. So I have this feeling that those guys, I have to think they're thinking about structure, even as as chaotic as we know as writer's room can get. Yeah, well, I, I think by the time they were filming, they knew what they were doing. But I, I would not surprise me at all as if they just stuck in a few flashbacks and then realized that they'd done a, quite a few of them and maybe they should just make that a thing. It is possible. If you are one of the producers of this show and would like to reveal your uh, <laughs> behind-the-scenes secrets, please drop us a line and let us know. Uh, frankly, if I get to ask only one question of the producers, that would not be <laughs> Sorry, that's all I we don't get. want to waste out. I waste my question on that. <laughs> so Sochi has this dream of of her childhood, and she's like walking through this kind of dreamlike house uh, towards uh, what it was. It she's drawn to uh, some sort of. Uh, I thought. Well, I mean, she, eventually she goes into a, a what looks like a bot- botany lab. Yeah, okay, where I can remember flowers, quite. all those uh, right. the orchids, the grab hybrid orchid hybrids being right. put together. The, or, the orchid hybrids is that supposed to be the uh, symbolic hybrid of she and her sister? Like, the, like was that the symbol that they used early on? I, I mean, I, we're just reading it, that into it that the the orchid hybrid is somehow ties to into her and her sister in some way, but um, or or the fact that they're bio organic right. androids or something maybe right. Um, but yeah, I, don't I mean, think life doesn't just... necessarily always uh, um, provide uh, strong metaphors for what the what's going on uh, yeah. with the, every visual. I mean, we're clearly supposed to be interpreting the flowers to mean something, and I think we're on the right tack track. In the dream, they're blocking her perspective of something going down, and right as when she's trying to get a look at what they're blocking, her dad comes out and scary grabs her and wakes her up, right? Or, yeah. or well, at least he, shouts at her. He and shouts she at wakes her. Up. Yeah. The uh, young actress who played her does have a pretty astounding visual likeness, I thought. Oh, just, you're right. I it's min- it. It's a minor thing, but obviously just, just well cast. You know, you would, even if you knew nothing at all, if they didn't even show adult Soji her dreaming, uh, you might say, oh, that's probably young Soji. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to admit, I didn't even question whether or not, uh, you yeah. know, does this actress look like her? I just kind of. So seamless. <laughs> so um, she, she wakes up. Uh, she's in bed with Narek, uh, as is generally the case. They're uh, they're a pretty uh, solid couple now, you know. Um, Despite the fact that he doesn't tell her anything about himself, this episode did lead me to think <laughs> that she her her relationship instincts are pretty bad. I think because she's she and I mean she might understand he's not that she can't say if he's Tal Shiar, but he's secretive about anything everything. He reveals that to, when he starts talking about how she, um, oh, uh, what was it? Her, what was it? He reveals in this episode, and he's like, "Oh, I've, I've, I've got ears for p- people who tell me things, or something like that." Uh, I know he revealed his name. He revealed his name. And, okay, we'll get to that in just yeah. a second. That's a pretty big thing, um, and and I think it was because he had been like stretching her the level of trust pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, revealing, sort of say, he kept on dropping those little things because he, he was trying to manipulate her about I, her past. I have to assume that Soji is just, either A, is sloppily programmed and so she just thinks this is how a relationship is supposed to be. Right. Or B, she actually just digs Man of Mystery and it's kind of a turn-on that, the, he's, that she doesn't know anything about him. I mean, it's got to be one of those two, really. She didn't seem like she was completely alien to just having, uh, like a, to having relationships yeah. at all. 
She um, doesn't come off as socially awkward in no, a way that you would But there may be a little bit of that data innocence to the to synths like that. Yeah. Um so secrets are like Romulan secrets are a big thing that comes up in this episode. And um uh what is it he says uh that everybody's hiding something whether they know it or not? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> is um now, I believe this is new lore about their names, right? She's like... Uh, actually, well, they, there's a hint of it that the Romulan commander in the Enterprise incident kind of keeps her name secret and then oh. I, I believe whispers it into Spock's ear at one point. Oh. But she doesn't really... There's not a... I don't think there's much explanation as to why that's a... a you know, why she, she whispers it and... and but it was taken and You can ran. retroactively... Yeah, well, uh, D- uh, Diane Duane, who wrote the Raihansu Romulan novels in the Star Trek novel series, mm-hmm. uh, picked that up and made a big deal about there's like the public Romulan name and then a family name and then there's the private name that you only share with like somebody you love or your, right. your, your sibling or, you know, a sibling or something like that. So, so sh- it so felt like a big shout out to some of the most popular Romulan novels cool. out there. And I did enjoy that. I don't suppose she didn't get like a thanks in the credits or anything. Did she? I didn't look. <laughs> we'll have to check into that. That'd be, that'd be super cool if they did. Yeah. I, I, I suspect yeah. that people who love those novels and are watching this are talking about that bit. I wonder if that was so. a big thing in the eighties or something, or that concept, does that come from any real or culture because there's a comic that was a a very popular fantasy comic of the era called Elf Quest that's one of the one of the early big self-publishing uh successes one of the big fantasy comic successes of the era and the elves in it have a secret name that will that they will only tell to uh like the person they take but as their elves lover. are nothing like Romulans <laughs> man I hadn't even thought about uh, <laughs> went there I wonder, you know, these were actually big enough that Diane Duane might have actually been influenced by these comics. Oh, quite possibly. Uh, I, it certainly ties in with what we see in Enterprise Incident, but it's it appears to be just a little bit of weird flirtation yeah. she's mess- doing with it. it. Not like a huge social custom necessarily in the episode, as I recall. Right. So, and she clearly picked it up and made it part of their culture. And some of that was we had two Romulan episodes, right? And a, and, a, and some brief glimpses in the cartoon. You work with what you so, got. So when you wrote those novels back then you had to build take every little thing you could squeeze some right. culture and continuity out of you would right. squeeze and twist i noticed that they never looked uh looked uh, down at anything romulans don't look down yeah 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 no <laughs> it's exactly that sort of thing that might yeah. have happened can happen when you have something that's popular but there's not a lot to go on now, um, do you think that do you think so so i, I guess we'll, we'll talk about that is this more later but do you think he when he reveals his name later do you think the love, do you think he really is in love? Do you think he did it intended, or is it still like the final manipulation? I don't think he realizes exactly how much he cares mm-hmm. until he gasses her. And um, then he's like, this is more painful than I thought it was going yeah. to be. I think that, 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 that's my interpretation of, of his relationship is that he, he was kind of kidding himself about how how attached right. he was becoming, and he's in the do or die thing. His uh, his sister, uh, who seems to have the thing for him and be jealous, because uh, she's always like taunting him about his like creepy, gross relationship with this robot, and are yeah, they gonna yeah. make little robot babies and stuff? <laughs> she's like super racist about it. It's terrible. Uh, if this, this if it were another ethnicity, it would, she would be like super racist. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, it fits with her character as though, it is. She's. Um, 
uh, robophobic. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Synthphobic anyway. Well, uh, I think the Zatvashes all, are all supposed right. to be. It's, it's their defining characteristic. Yeah. Um, that same scene where he's talking to her, he's, he's dealing with his, like, uh, Romulan Rubik's Cube. Yes. Uh, let's see, uh, what do they call that thing? A tan... Zekrin? Is that what it is? Tan Zekrin? Yeah, yeah, something like that. We're gonna, we're gonna go with it. Uh, which, I, I'm assuming that that's new too. They're always adding new Yeah, I, I've never there. heard of that before. Um, but, uh, I guess, you know, aside from like, it's literally like a puzzle box and, um, you know, that, that serves as sort of, certainly as a metaphor for sort of the mysteries of the show. Do you think it's like, it's, they're, they're meaning it to be a visual symbol? He's all talking about the patience required. If nothing else, it indicates the difference between he and his sister. His sister is like, get the answers now. And he's like, slowly. No, so slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she definitely just smashed the box with a hammer to get, get yeah. whatever she wanted. That's how she, she, you know, they're, they're definitely putting a contrast. You said you don't necessarily care for their interactions. I, I've been, those two, um, mm-hmm. um, Narek and what's her name? Narissa. Narissa. Or, or R- Rizzo just sounds, I can't help but think of when I say that, <laughs> the chick from Greece. Oh, um, I, I think, isn't there a Muppet named Rizzo? Rizzo the Rat? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's what I was thinking. It was thinking. a weird pedigree, but yeah. Narissa sounds better. Let's Narissa. say his sister Narissa. Sister Narissa. Yeah. Um, I haven't really enjoyed their interactions that much just because she's kind of simplistic mm-hmm. um, in a weird, creepy sort of way. Uh, but this one I thought worked in that it really started to illustrate their philosophies and they, she actually had to step back and say, oh, you're actually getting somewhere with this. Okay. I'll have to give you some points. She, right. so she was multi-dimensional enough to step back and say, maybe I was pushing too hard with the, yeah. hit it with a rock solution. If I were looking for like stuff in season two, I would, uh, I would just sort of advise them to kind of avoid some of the, those scenes are all, where I had a little bit of repetition to them. And I think they needed, that the yeah. characters, honestly, um, I suppose in, in another way, the same way that they kind of used the bisexuality of, um, oh, uh, goodness, uh, who's the, um, Section 31 chick, um, Mary Universe. Oh, uh, Philip Giorgio? Yeah, Giorgio, uh, they made her bisexual, and it was part of kind of making her that, a retro, retrogressive kind of, creepily other oh my gosh she'll manipulate anyone with sex she'll have sex with anyone i can't help but feel like their sort of incestuous thing is another i mean that is a granted a somewhat more agreed upon taboo yeah but um but it's sort of it felt a little cheap to just throw sort of sexuality out there to just make her seem like a creepier romulan yeah Um, i i do hope she gets to finally when she's something other than the person harassing Narek and hopefully becomes, gets to become something more than that in subsequent episodes. Right. Um, because at the moment she is probably the weakest character in the series. I would, I would pretty easily. For say. sure. For sure. Um, Soji's dreams he uh, hypothesizes are uh, where her subconscious is starting to come to terms with the fact that she's an artificial being. Yes. And we will see that walk through, uh, later on when he, um, uh, d- takes her through this uh, sort of Romulan uh, <clears throat> meditation ceremony. Yeah, and that's classic old school psychology there, that all of the stuff that you can't consciously deal with shows up in your unconscious and in your dreams and the dream interpretation and stuff. In and reality, like her dream should also have like Ronald McDonald walks by <laughs> and there's a couch on fire and you're like, some of it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, It's well, not a deliberate symbol. <laughs> we, we do get there eventually. We do get there. With some surrealism in, in the dream <laughs> that goes well beyond that. Um, so apparently the, uh, some of that psychological 
biological theory is not so well supported or popular in the present. However, apparently the Narek is at least will, a, a true believer. And since he gets results, it clearly seems to work. It's a, it's a good storytelling device, or it can be. But yeah. I also do find it to be a bit of a cheap one. Uh, I think I noticed in comics in particular, they tend to do a lot of symbolic dreams. And usually it's like the person who's uh, putting a guilt trip on you or whose relationship is you're having trouble with, they'll do really obvious stuff like they appear as a 50-foot giant in there because of their yeah. influence on you. And I'm like, Ugh, it's just, that's stretching it a little too much for me. I don't like symbolic dreams that are that heavy-handed. Yeah, but... On the other hand, we started this series out with Picard having prophetic dreams. So yeah. this is nothing compared to some of the dreams we had earlier in yeah. this season. Yeah, and I guess <laughs> as we far still, as pushing the boundaries of we, plausibility, we still and, have yet to see if uh, that will end up being it, having like real meaning, or whether that was just kind of story coincidency yeah. stuff, uh, just to make it feel kind of serendipitous. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, let's talk about uh, Soji's sort of. Um, not, not uh, the stuff that leads to her uh, revelation that she's that she's artificial. Uh, so, so Narek uh, tells her that each call she makes to her mother is seventy seconds. By the way, another warning sign for about Narek that he knows all this stuff. <laughs> um, literally, like exactly seventy. seconds. Yeah, but seconds. I can see how she would be so distracted by the weirdness of the fact that well, she notices that he shouldn't have that fact. Right. It's kind of, The fact itself is so much overwhelmingly weird sure. and, and, and personal that she can kind of, all right, whatever, I have right. sex with him, he, I can probably trust him. So, <laughs> you know. Um, and her mom, like, she, she the, the, that her voice, like, puts her to sleep all the time. Yeah, that was weird. I guess that was just, like, rebooting the system and uploading updates or, yeah. you know, or something. I mean, I, yeah, I kind of thought that it might just be that they will, like, even transmit a memory over the call but otherwise if that was the case they could just do it in like five seconds she'd just be like sleep and remember this data blip bloop yeah and um uh so so uh i, I don't know quite why it would be 70 seconds precisely maybe she and then we a... verified that this isn't just all happening in her head is there no because there is an actual transmission yeah yeah so I guess I assume they've looked into where she's who she's calling and made sure that that's not where the other synths are. I mean, <laughs> they must have. I guess. Yeah, Otherwise, I'm sure Narek would t try to tap that. Yeah, you know. Well, that, that's... and then uh, that that sort of works in both ways. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> up. Uh, <laughs> so um, He's the, tapping all the possible taps. <laughs> the big uh, the big scene in this, the big revelation that would be like the ending of one of those movies where. Uh, things all fall into place, the ending of The Usual Suspects or stuff yeah. like that, uh, is when she starts to wonder if she is, uh, in fact, uh, only uh, the th only three three years old-ish. Yes. Uh, and she starts, uh, I don't know what that device is she takes out, uh, but it's I clearly... assume it's a quantum dating machine that we see back in Enterprise, because oh. in Enterprise, they, they, they in the uh, Zindi episode, mm -hmm. the first Zindi episode, they find their debris of the Zindi probe that cut Florida in half. Yeah. And they scan it, and it's like got a negative age value or some crazy okay. thing. And they, they make clear, we've got this gadget that can tell approximately how old stuff is. And it's okay. using quantum dating. Sure. And um... I 
assume that that's what we're seeing here. It's, it's it actually seems like something that would be on the board cube for their research purposes. Yeah, yeah. So it makes if sense. they had it in the twenty second century, then you could bet there's some on the mm-hmm. in the twenty fourth. Uh, and the big thing, of course, is that basically every item that she has of, of any personal value, whether it's a photograph or her stuffed animal, yeah. reads as being like what thirty seven months old. Yes, indicating her life literally is had to have begun yeah. roughly thirty seven months ago. A normal person yeah. who did not have these subconscious worries. Probably just would have assumed somebody came in here, took <laughs> all my stuff, and then replicated duplicates se- uh, yeah. uh, uh, 37 months ago. And that's why all of this stuff was replicated and my original stuff got stolen by somebody. In a world of replicators, that uh, that does, it does make sense. Now, I assume but like, but, the reason but, she doesn't jump to that is, in my head canon at least, that unconsciously she knows the truth. Right. And so... Well, Narek's been poking at yeah, it. He, yeah. he mentioned so, things like records that date back only X number of years. So, so. somebody playing a prank with a replicator or something, is <laughs> not, despite being the more obvious simple solution. You know those not puckish fun. board cube scientists. <laughs> That's the kind of thing they'll do. Um, and they did it 37 months ago and waited. Eventually <laughs> she'll figure it out. Hugh <laughs> has law. a weird sense of humor. Yeah, the long okay. joke. <laughs> um, this uh, this sort of culminates in him like uh, talking, telling uh, her that they should try the, the Zalmak the uh, Romulan meditation thing, yes, which uh, which involves apparently uh, you walk around uh, some little things on the ground while yes. somebody talks to you. And I don't even know if the talking is necessary. Normally, if you know the ritual, you probably don't need somebody to tell talk you through maybe it. Maybe not. Would be my guess. I guess yeah. There's as much there to make it a cool scene between the two of them and indicate a connection yeah. between them, which may or may not end up being their like sort of last moment of connection. Yeah. Um, and uh, that will ultimately kind of uh, end up connecting up with uh, Picard because he is going to get to the cube in this episode. Yes. I-, I will say, A, I loved seeing some more cool Romulan culture that wasn't all just about secrets and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, or, or, you know, military. Sure. The meditation know. thing is all like inner yeah. reflective stuff. And apparently it's a pretty big deal because they didn't just have a hollow deck in the corner of the board cube. They put actual wood flooring. They they yeah. fully constructed this pl- this room. It's like it's the equivalent of having a chapel of sorts. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's it's not just a a minor thing. It's a pretty big thing in there. Do culture. Romulans have um, uh, like at least canonically on the show, like outside of uh, not not ex- extended continuity, but do they have religion? I don't think it's ever been stated one way or the other on screen. Almost everyone who writes EU stuff gives the Romulans one sort of religion or another. Yeah. Um, they, they definitely seem to like the idea that these conservative Romulans have some sort of religion, even if... Uh, but, but I feel I like, don't, like the Romans... I don't think it's ever been mentioned on screen. Like the Romans, they're based on a little bit of ancestor worship in there. might have been yeah. kind of interesting, but... Be that as it may, this is as close as we've ever seen to there being a sort of chapel or something yes, like that. Yes. And it is like not a religious, strictly religious thing. It's more of a psychological thing. Um, but that that feels pretty Romulan too, even though it's it's still about uncovering secrets, I suppose. Yes, uh, yeah. your, your own internal secrets and things you're denying. So, yeah. Yes. Um, meanwhile, back on the La Serena, they are flying towards the cube and um, uh, what all do we have? Uh, so we've got uh, stuff with Dr. Gerardi. Um, who's, she is wrestling with, uh, murder? <laughs> yeah, well, that was a question I had. Is she, res- is she 
off because she killed somebody that she had feelings for? Or is she off because of the horror of the secret? Um, I'm guessing it's because she killed someone because she seemed pretty perky before she killed him. Yeah. And, and she knew the secret before she killed him. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could say that doing that brought home what, you know, whatever was shown to her by, uh, uh, was it Commodore O? Yes. Um, but uh, that uh, apparently, yeah, or like yeah, that's at least the the running theory was that that's when it happened. Um, she goes and she takes it to Captain Rios, who's sexily uh, practicing soccer, or uh, I'm going to say uh, football for fathery, yeah. who I know as an Anglophile uh, is thinking that. Uh, but uh, he's uh, he's doing some shirtless uh, soccer uh, mm. soccer practice stuff in uh, one of his rooms, and she uh, wanders in on him. Now let me ask. Uh, they go from uh, uh, they they start flirting pretty quick um, after he's like, "Hey, can I help you with a problem?" And then pretty much they start kissing a few seconds later. Yeah, had there been any lead up to that? Not that I noticed. I mean, they they talked about that book, but it didn't feel. I, I didn't think that we were get, get, heading in a romantic you know, direction. When, when she talked. said space is really boring, yeah. <laughs> I uh, didn't assume that that was what he was she was getting to. Yeah, but yeah. maybe it was. Uh, in any case. It seems clear, and he, I mean, she as much as tells him that uh, it's not like, it's not I'm in love with you. This is that she's kind of trying to distract herself. Yes. He knows something is wrong, and she's she's not really quite um, uh, ready to, to start talking about it. Yeah. Um, I, my first thought, actually, at the end of the last episode, was that isn't the, hol- the, the holodeck program just going to tell, hey, uh, I saw her, she was killing him. But then I realized she's this big AI expert. She would have it would have been child's play for her to go into the into the yeah. holodeck and she, delete those. She cleared records. the cache. Yeah, uh, cleared she the deleted cache. the browser history. Yeah, yeah, I'm um, sure she did. So, so that's not really an issue for me after I yeah. thought about it a moment. Um, yeah, I, I I I guess I was like, all right, we're getting some sex in here. This is not yeah. the most gratuitous sexy moment in Star Trek right, history. Well, they so just they just went could... off to to get it on. Yeah. What if he had asked her to um the, to decontaminate him with some decontamination gel? I would have thrown something <laughs> at my screen, something soft because it's an expensive TV. But still, some would have thrown something. <laughs> yeah, it would have been another Gornig we could count at the end as an homage to the greatness uh, of Enterprise. I, I, I don't need the sexiest things. of them. <laughs> Uh, okay, but but yeah, he's he's like he knows that she's that this is not a, a uh, for for a lifetime, but that this is something that will get help move help her keep a, a little bit more sane for at least a little while, and he seems willing to go with that. He seems like really a pretty good guy, by the way. I don't yeah. feel like he was, uh, you know, doing anything too manipulative here. He really seemed to like ready to follow her lead on it. Yes. I guess is yeah, what I would yeah, say. yeah. He knew that she was in a vulnerable place, and I think if she had said. Uh, this isn't what I want. He would have been fine with it. Yeah. But she was like, this may help me. And he was fine with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, well, I think there's this... Perhaps a little bit more than fine. Yes. Well, uh, I, I think there's the, there is this underlying idea that he is still Starfleet, even though he doesn't want to admit it. I right. Think. And I think that that you can kind of see that in lots of his, the things that he says and does. She goes um, for the older guys. He's not like tons older, but yeah. but a little bit older. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the now deceased... Uh, <laughs> Um, okay, well, uh, I can't uh, say Maddox. It. Maddox, yes. yes. Maddox. All right, so uh, then we've got Picard. For a moment there, I thought she was gonna get it. He was gonna get it on with uh, Rafi as well. At one point, I was like, "Is he? Oh my, that's gonna be silly." Then, thankfully, it did not go there. So. Right. <laughs> but I, for a moment, I was worried. Yeah. No. Um. I mean, for all I know, they might have had some casual thing in the past. I wouldn't. 
wouldn't be completely oh, weird. Oh, no, no, I, would, I wouldn't necessarily. It was just the idea that in the same episode, he provides his sexual <laughs> healing to both of the women like, who uh, are suffering. The card, you look kind of angsty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if they leaned into it, I probably would have gone for Oh, well, I guess if we're including Picard on the list, sure. Sure. <laughs> Captain Rios might go for older dudes, Yeah, too. that would be fun. I um, like people with bald heads. <laughs> Usually uh, Delton girls, but this will do. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and let's see. Later on, like, by the way, Elnor notices this. Um, uh, so he's... Even though he is not real experienced with people, he he intuits her yeah. her issues. He also notices her like awkward looks with uh, what with, with Rios. Yes, right? yes. It is interesting that Mister I I don't tell lies is actually kind of good at is so ingra- is so embedded in the truth that he can tell when the truth is not going yep. on that is a uh, though he took a while to figure it out with that the 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 uh, last week <laughs> yeah so. i guess uh, an actual heist plot is 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 somewhat beyond so far beyond his level of uh mistruths that he see yes that I he was like that. what is even going on here? I-, I did want to say um that Picard does his little rant about the Borg. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so the line must still be drawn here. We, yeah. we are still... I was we... ready for... Who's the lady in uh, First Contact? Oh, Lily. Yes. <laughs> uh, Lily. Uh, yes. That uh, I, I needed her to come in and like grab him by the shoulders and shake him and uh, <laughs> yeah. try to snap him out of it. <laughs> I, uh, I did think... This is like the third or fourth time he's we've had Picard rant about how the Borg have no no aren't capable of yeah. being redeemed and coming on the heels of a seven of nine episode felt kind of hmm, really yeah I th- that that I that thought was a little <laughs> retrograde and but maybe yeah. maybe a little bit necessary for people who don't have the history we do with Star Trek to understand how much it hurt him you know if they haven't seen the episode Family if they haven't seen yeah. First Contact you might need that moment a little bit to kind of get everybody up up to speed on it. Now, a few hours later, he's hugging it out with Hugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, which again made me feel like, did we really need that? Yeah. Um, I, I, I get him being scared, but him being a great, you know, Borg can't be fixed. Yeah. But last week, no, Borg can't be fixed. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he, he used a, the, uh, cancer metaphor. He's like, they yeah. metastasize. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Rios gets to, like, is like, okay, I'm assuming you've got a plan as we, we hurdle ever closer just a few hours away to the board cube. Yeah. Picard somewhat unexpectedly. We do learn a little bit, like, the neutral zone is still a thing. It's still an active war to cross it without permission. I was glad that we get some more but of that. But it is described as, like, the former neutral zone, right? I... I think that's what the little text pop-up said. Okay. It said, I like, might have it said, that. like, beta quadrant, the former neutral yeah, zone. Yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, dude. Uh, but it was still apparently a thing you're not supposed to cross without permission. Right, right. So maybe and, they don't have the zone, but they still have an, a border between the two space yeah. powers of some sort. And Rios was saying, he's like, I don't mind doing this. He's like, but you you got to have a plan to get us on board the cube. Yeah. Picard says he's just going to like, he's going to follow the uh, the way of the Coet uh, uh, Malat. Yeah. The uh, way of absolute candor. Candidate. And I guess just like say what he wants to do there. But now, now, how do they get to the? I, I can't quite remember how they get to from that to using Rafi to. Well, they uh, say Rafi's going to take care. Rafi will get us our our diplomatic clearance. And but like so he, he, he just, couldn't have known planned for that previously because uh, she she wasn't theoretically she was not going to be with them on the way back. It's just that things went south with her trying to reconcile. Well, he knew she was on board by the time he found out that he had, they were going to the board. Uh, that's true. Yes. That's true. Yes. Um. This this scene was actually the one where she goes and um. Uh, t- talks to, like, I guess an ex of hers. 
yeah. who's a who's a Starfleet higher up, uh, and tries to pull some strings. She does sort of just say like, "Oh, I'm out here with Picard. He's being wacky, and he's just going to drive up to the cube and start an international incident." I thought I it was a bit. That. It was too much. For oh me. no, that was my favorite scene. That was amazing. I okay. was like, "Okay, Rafi, you just went from like a, a seven to a nine point five on the coolness scale in my and my love for your character just by that one bit of manipulation. That was amazing. If you hadn't said point five at the end, you would have said she went from a seven to a nine. Why didn't you just leave it, Brian? But because it was better than a nine. I was I like, Rafi's amazing. Now I totally see why Picard puts up with all of. <laughs> because Rafi can get uh, accomplish miracles effortlessly, well drunk and high. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know if it was effortless because I felt that there was a there was a, a like a uh, internal toll on her. Like she did not want to do this. Well, yes, but but effortlessly in that it took like three minutes to arrange True. what might have taken could have been an entire episode for a lesser group of. It, it's interesting. They were all just like <laughs> off to the side. Like, please let this work. Please yeah, let this yeah. work. <laughs> I don't think the the uh, admiral or whoever she called didn't see any of them. I, I I assume it was set up not to show. At it, some it, point, it, she I think actually asks Captain Rio something or he says something. <laughs> um, but uh, the uh, but yes, she gets them. She basically this this uh, admiral pulls some strings. I think I also didn't quite buy that they would be able to pull strings after Picard had like had made this big incident about the Federation on TV. Well, uh, I, I guess, I mean, there's nothing official. I don't think anyone put in paperwork, do not grant Picard any favors as an official policy from Starfleet. Maybe not. So, you know, yes, it, it, it might have been, and in fact, it might have even encouraged them, oh, we don't want another Picard in this incident. Not right. after the last one. We're <laughs> still doing, putting those fires out from the last one. Right. So I could even see that. It if maybe I were in that Admiral's place, I would have thought, Letting him on board is going to make a much worse, likely to make a much worse situation. But Rafi, Rafi worked her magic and uh, got an applause. Not not just applause, but they played the classic Star Trek tone. Yes, the, yes. Uh, was it the bum bum bum? Yes. Uh, I did now because the scene didn't work for me. I got to say it didn't work for me, and I felt it was unearned. I was oh. I was actually like uh, much happier. I think when. Uh, if if they had saved that for me for when he met Hugh and they had their sort of bonding moment, that felt that felt more uh, more like a time for the earnest Star Trek than than a con job. I, I will admit the music felt weird to me. If you yeah. want to say that was bad, I'm, I'll go with you on that. <laughs> I didn't know quite why that music was there, especially given that she has no sense of triumph. She just wants to go back to bed. Yeah, she's she's like, fine, I did it. Can I go now? You know, she she. It wasn't like it was a big deal for her. She was just tired and not in the mood for it. Yeah, yeah. Poor uh, like uh, Rios once again. He's he seems to be the shoulder for people to kind of cry on and, yeah. and to help out people. And he has a history, of course, with her. Yeah, that so, one worked much better just because they knew each other, they had a history, and, yeah. and he wasn't... There There was... And it didn't turn sexual, so... Right. On, on multiple levels. Right. He seemed. basically goes and he kind of, like, tucks her in. So, yeah, I was... I was, I, I liked that, but uh, just a little dodgy, the uh, the getting there. Um, now, there's a... Best part of the episode. When they did all the <laughs> flashbacks uh, to Picard's, like, uh, Borg time, that was all new footage, right? I don't think they were using any footage from his original... Uh, no, I think some of that, let's see, the stuff he sees in his head? Yeah. Or what he saw on the screen? Um, he, 
I guess I guess either. Well, uh, the stuff uh, it looked to me like the stuff he saw in his head were scenes from First Contact. For the most okay, part. I was thinking that, that they be, might uh, have done like new special effects and all that stuff. I mean, they might have messed with it to make you know because it was obviously just film stock and they they made it look more dreamy. But I'm pretty sure those were just shots of the Borg from First Contact that they spliced in to to get those flashback moments. Fair enough. Um, at least that, it sure looked like... Uh, um, Fathery, the, uh, Fathery is posting uh, to us on uh, on a note to say none of it was new. So, okay, all right. Uh, we'll, yeah, well, that we'll grant you this didn't one. feel new. I, I mean, assume that Fathery knows what he's talking about. Yes. Uh, even though he's sick and addled and who knows what we can trust. Yes, yes, but his knowledge of Trek, even when he's sick, is still greater than most other human beings on this planet. <laughs> so. Now, when they beam him over, he's got a restriction. He can like only has to beam over to a certain area and they beam him over to the scary Borgiest part of it. Well, I don't know if it was the, the scariest, but it was. There's nobody there. There's a well, like the walkway way, with no safety railings. Right. It's, it's, we, when it's we all first dark. see Soji and stuff, we see there's areas that are kind of like brightly lit living quarters and kind yeah. of normal looking cafeterias and lab environments. Why did they? Now I forget. Was was Hugh the first person who meets him, or besides those other two drones that just grab him? Yeah, like I said, they it was a weird bit of a weird thing. Unless Maybe, you were trying, he's to the director. Him. He was the director, yeah. right? So it might be Wait, that he saw that he it was, is puckish. It was another Hugh prank. <laughs> <laughs> it might be that Hugh. I mean, in a sense, yes, but he was pranking the Romulans, not Picard. It might be that Hugh saw. Oh, it's Picard. I'm not going to have him show up in the reception yeah. room where the Romulan guards are. I'm going to divert him to a place where I where better than I liaise with him. Uh, yes. Than and, a bunch and, of uh, 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 panicked Romulans, who, by the way, later on he straight up talks, and I don't, I don't know if this had come up before. But he straight up calls Narek a spy. Yeah. Uh, so had he said that words to that effect before, or said that to Soji? Uh, I don't believe so. No, I just I thought it was, I actually really liked that he was canny enough to have clearly picked up on it. Yeah. And he just says it as a fact. He's like, yeah, she's seeing this Romulan spy. Yeah. Well, um, even she seems to sort of accept that he's probably tell she are. It's true. So it's true. I don't think she was so naive she she had stopped considering it. Uh, yeah. She had just was rolling with it. Yeah. Um, um, but yes, uh, we beam over there. We get Hugh and Picard together, and it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess you said it was your favorite part. It was certainly my second. I would, I would say so, yeah. for sure. Even though it that, that was a kind of a particularly warm greeting for them, especially after Picard had just been so anti-Borg. But yeah, again, that, that early scene, you know, they must still pay, seems <laughs> like it should have been cut. <laughs> a, the continuity between those two moods is is stark. Yes. Um, that said, one of the some of the big things that I, you know, wanted from this show in, in my top ten was one, uh, one, the biggest one was that Picard has friends, and Hugh fulfills that. that yes. He's got... And it also uh, reflects like a, a, a like a very specific episode, of course. That you know, arguably, letting Hugh go back to the Borg, uh, like uh, to, uh, but not as a weapon, a weaponized Hugh, but just as an individual, was one of the biggest decisions he ever made. Got him in hot water with Starfleet. It's okay. a very, it's one of the Picardiest moments. He, he yes. that he and he was getting past some serious stuff in that episode. Um, in a weird way, some of that stuff, I kept remembering the episodes that this was kind of nodding to, and I liked those episodes better, uh, which is a little tricky. 
like I because they were that that sort of moral conundrum Star Trek that I want to see. Still, I still keep wanting Disco and um, and Picard to push a little bit more into that territory of, of wrestling, that like very actively wrestling with moral problems, yeah. um, and and you know making maybe making mistakes and having to change your mind. And there is some of that dealing with the Fenris Rangers is happening, uh, but I uh, it's it's weird. I think maybe because I was a little off on this episode in general. I was uh, just I was inclined to be like look even more negatively at times and stuff like that, <laughs> but happy with that scene. Um, uh, Hugh catches him up to speed on yes. the uh, on what's going on uh, on the thing that he talks about the XBs, the um, former Borg, and impresses Picard with the sort of recovery efforts they're doing with them. I like that he's a Federation citizen. I don't quite know how we got to that point from the end uh, of... Um, Descent? Descent, yes. Two Descent part, part two. two. Yes, yeah. I don't quite know how we got there, but but it, whatever. It's been a long time. Maybe this is, he, he, he maybe he brought those board back to the Federation at some yeah. point, and maybe he, he, they're, they're running the others. I mean, I think back. it would have to be something like yeah. that. I, it'd be nice if they told us. I don't necessarily need them to, but it'd be kind of nice if they at some point were to say. But yeah, That's probably something for an expanded universe story. Um, Picard does make a point of mentioning that he, uh, when he sees them removing all the grafts and healing them up, and that there's like they're scared and stuff like that, he says that it like changes how he uh, lenses the Borg and that they're kind of more as victims. Mm-hmm. Which again, I would have thought Hugh himself, like twenty years prior or thirty years or yeah. whatever, but, um, would have been actually when he would have made that change. But you can you can see it and not truly feel it. Well, you, yeah, and I think but like he felt it in the moment. He and there's also felt it in the you moment. know you know there's the saying you don't you don't eat the pig you know uh, right you know there is he I, got to know Hugh he got to this was this one individual was, right. here it's like oh the whole community is victims right um, father I don't know who that is. Uh, that's a reference to uh, First Contact, the guy that he guns down <laughs> with the machine gun. <laughs> so, so Fathery is, uh, uh, mentioned that uh, Picard had no qualms about gunning down Ensign Lynch uh, <laughs> on the holodeck in First Contact. Was that who got Tommy gunned? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and that that was, uh, and uh, that they weren't victims there either. So. Look, if you got an opportunity to drop security protocols on the holodeck and Tommy gun somebody, you take it. <laughs> You take it, it's a good uh, one. It was cool. Is that the rule of Barkley? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, where do we go from there? We um, go hunting Soji. Oh, right, right. Uh, who is is off doing the uh, dream sequence. She is actually off the grid because he did some, uh, Narek must have done some Tal Shiar cloaking of yeah. her. Uh, or this this room, and is it like appears kind of... to be the room because once she leaves the room, she shows back up on the grid. right. So it's something to do with the room, basically. And and so let's get to the end of her dream. In the yeah. dream, she finally saw what was behind the orchids. Uh, Narek kind of guides her to this, and she sees what's a, like a symbolic version of an unassembled yeah. version of her, like made out of wood. Um, the uh, this is it had this like sort of yes. polished, burnished wood sort of look. Um, very much like sort of data symbolic dreams and things yes, like that. Yes, yes, and very Pinocchio. Very Pinocchio, 100%. Yes. Um, and so this is, I guess she comes to her realization. Now, Narek wanted this. What is he getting out of it? He is getting the description of her, right. of the lab and the place, and that's what he wants. 
And apparently, two I was moons... lucky that that dream was like so sort of specific. But yes, through like a skylight or something, yeah. she saw two red moons and like lightning storms, and said there was lightning. It's Nero. Yeah, yeah. Nero's yeah. back. Oh no, space <laughs> lightning. Yes, Nero. Uh, Nero's returned. <laughs> um, but yes, he's like you know um, he tells his sister, or I guess she's watching too, or yes. listening in, yeah. and she's like you know scan for all lightning storm planets with two red moons. Yeah, she's in a real hurry for that. Whereas yeah. he's kind of like. Like, that's all we need. We're done here. Shutting yeah. the program down. Whereas I would have been like, I would have kept getting more facts. We don't know if that's yeah. enough yet. But <laughs> Dramatically, they had gotten their bit of information they needed. And he uh, turned on, uh, like, what's some kind of radioactive gas? Yes. In a device that looks amusingly similar in general design to the Thaleron bomb left in the, in oh, the, yeah. in the Romulan Senate. Apparently, that's just how you do bombs if you're a Romulan. This was less gory than that. Well, yes, but you, you leave a little device on a table that opens up and shoots something into the air that kills everybody. That's how you do a bomb if you're a Romulan. I mean, I kind, of, I kind of like it. It feels Romulan. I, I guess he probably didn't have it in him to just disrupt her, but, but yeah. like, in doing so, like, she did trigger... And we know that, like, uh, her sister, when she got triggered, became a kung fu fighter. And yeah. she does, too. And she starts, like, tearing up the floor yes. so well that she gets out of the room. <laughs> yes, which I don't think... I, I'm guessing he didn't see that. I don't think that was a plan on his part. That I shall just rip through the floor. It'll be fine. I, yeah, I don't... He seemed he seemed sort of shocked when it happened. Yes. At least the actor yes. was playing it that yeah. way. Yeah. Maybe I... later on he's going to say he, he's like, oh, that was all part of the plan. Um so, so she escapes, and she's suddenly back on the grid, yeah. and uh, Hugh and Picard uh, catch up with her, and uh, they start, like, running around. Um, is it Hugh who's leading them? Pretty is much, yeah. Point? Hugh has a plan. He's got a plan, and he, they end up going to the uh, the chamber for the Borg Queen. Yes. Um, well, do, all, do all cubes have a queen? Or, cause there was I think they all have a, a, a throne room for the queen. I, I think the queen is only generated... Well, my, my headcanon has always been that they you only generate a queen if you need a queen. And, yeah. and otherwise, you, you just kind of you're, use the vinculum... Or the central plexus. I always get those two mixed up. To 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 you have one of them keeps that that cute all the Borg in that cube connected, yeah. and then the other one connects you to the rest of the Borg network. Oh, uh, and um and generally, I think it, it seems like if you have one both of those working, you don't generally need a queen. But when like for example, queen shows up when they go back into the past, and now they can't access the network. So. Right. Um, perhaps, or, or, or that cube might have been so far away in Earth that it couldn't access the network in general. Right. Uh, so, but, so you probably would have a setup for generating that queen. I, for a while there, I thought, and this is the Borg Queen's escape sphere, and there was going to be a sphere that launched out the side <laughs> of the cube, and that's how Picard got away. You know, I, I was worried in this scene for a minute that Hugh was about to betray them. Oh. Because they were kind of like, oh, we're in the Queen's Chamber. And I was like, oh, is he like somehow turning him over? And this is like some gambit within his yeah. gambit or, you know, like the, he's had his own thing. So thank, I, I was actually very relieved to oh, find out that I, he I, seemed to be all on the up and up. I, I never doubted you. So, yeah. Um, I, uh, I was ready for him to turn into a traitorous board oh, because uh, they just metastasized. Uh, <laughs> a line must be drawn here. Yeah, yeah. Picard turns out to be right. All board are evil. <laughs> then he's yeah. going to hunt down seven of nine. Thematically, and it. <laughs> it would have been horrific. Yes. But that's why I was like, oh no. <laughs> when, it, when the possibility, I just sort of sensed like maybe they were headed this place. The, this so, 
the architecture of the board cube with its more black panel-y and, and these, these more geometric and uh-huh. less confusing pile of tubes and stuff. Yeah. Um, I had sort of been assuming that that was a Romulan influence, that the Romulans had gone on and, and made the place look a little less Geiger-esque and creepy. Mm-hmm. However, when we go into this secret chamber, we see the exact same stuff is going on. So clearly, Just a either we have rebooted the look of the Borg, or as Hugh sort of implies, it's new technology. The Borg have actually evolved, and they they're, the interior Borg cubes now looks different than it did back then, which is plausible. The Borg are always taking new tech. It, it would be stupid sure. to imagine it wouldn't change how they and, look. And for me, I'm just always like, this is just the stamp of the new crea- you know, visual effects team. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, they're just, they just decided on this probably because they, you know, it, um, led them to, a, it was a color scheme they liked. It yeah. gave them dramatic lighting. Um, but, uh, you've got the continu- incontinuity possible explanation. Yeah, well, I mean, it. the Borg have always been lots of, of blacks and silvers and curves. Like the Borg of Cuda Graphics were like circ- green circles with green curly things connecting right. them. And they've the, the right angles wasn't really all that common of a Borg thing. And this is all right angles. They're like right. cube inside and out. It's a cube made of cubes. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and like the platform. So, so when they say this is That's the Queen's very- Chamber, I was like, Oh, I kind of think it would have been fun if they had recreated the Queen's Chamber from Voyager. Oh, well. Yeah. But let, jumping back to this, yeah. they um, there's a... Um, well, A, Elnor sneaks over <laughs> because they're going to get attacked by people. Yeah. And he, he disobeys Picard's direct order. He's like, do not come for me. Whatever you do, he still does it because that's who he is. Yes. Um, and, he, uh, and he's there to hold off guards. And he, he chops a few of them, right? Yeah, he shows up just as the guards are about to catch them and chops yep. them up. Um, uh, and you get to see body parts flipping through the air, yep. which I thought was, ooh, that's intense <laughs> for Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's pretty hardcore. The sprays of green blood and everything. <laughs> now, um, the, the the spatial projector, which I, we may talk a little bit more about when we get to our Gorneggs yeah. at the end, uh, but it's essentially a like a portal that they yeah, can Stargate. open. Stargate. Uh, Stargate, if you will, yes. yes. They, but Stargate. yeah, yeah. I guess we, we're going to see more of that in the next episode. Yes. I kind of thought they were all going to go through. Yeah. And I was happy because I like I kind of want... Hugh is one of the more intriguing characters for me, and I'd like to see more of him in the show. Yeah. Um, maybe he... I, I wouldn't mind if he like found a found a found like an ongoing role in the next season. Assuming he survives what is to come. Yeah, I'm going to be kind of upset if they off Hugh next week. Yeah. Um, which from the trailer might, looks like that could potentially be on the cards. And I'm like, I mean, they didn't, they didn't show that, but I, I was just like, cause I didn't I, catch that. Is there like some implied danger to him? There? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, there was, um, just, I, I, I got that we offed each but I think, Offing Hugh, I think, might be a step too far. I, I don't know. If, and I love Hugh. People, I, I, I don't... I, I just don't sim- want to lose Hugh. He okay. is a symbol of how Picard's uh, benevolence and thoughtfulness and integrity back, you know, 20 yeah. years plus ago, uh, uh, you know, how it uh, changed the shape of the Borg and, uh, you know, provided them with this great ally. He's he's one of his wins, I guess what I'd yes. say. And I want the wins to stay wins and not get overturned. But we'll see. I'm not going to... 
Yeah. Not going to speculate too much. So yeah. they go through, and they and, have and to they, they leave the uh, Elnor behind, which felt incredibly gratuitous to me. Yeah, I, again, I thought that they could potentially all go through this thing, but um, I, I was like, okay, they don't have they don't have time to rig up a time delay, so right. I and they have to switch it off and close it up. So I guess you has to stay behind. But right. Elnor, he said something about like hiding the room again. Yeah, yeah. Is the idea that they like don't even know? Like, is it like off the grid? Apparently, that's what Hugh applies. Probably looks like just like plumbing. <laughs> well, since board cubes are so repetitive in design, it yeah. might, if no one looks too yeah, closely, they might just assume it's, it's another not the, set of alcoves. It's not the Borg themselves searching for them, but Romulans on this alien board yeah, cube. Yeah, so if you didn't want them finding it. I don't want so, the Romulans having spatial trajectors. I'm going to make sure they don't <laughs> find this bit. <laughs> so they're just, I guess the Romulans are just running around in the areas where near to where they know they last saw them. Yeah. And so Eleanor is going to have to like take on a whole bunch of dudes, and that's how we got our big cliffhanger ending. Yes. Is uh, like him walking out uh, to compare it to another franchise. Uh, it's like uh, when a River in Firefly faces off with all of yes. the. Um, oh my god, what are they called? Reavers. Reavers. Um, and the door closes behind her. Yes. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Eldor gets a cooler line than she does because yes. he. that's when he repeats his. Uh, please, my friends, choose to live. Yeah. Very cool way to wrap it up. Um, I, I like the wrap-up. I just didn't... The justification for why he stayed behind felt weak to me. I, I, I'm going to agree with you there. Yeah, especially since the other guys hadn't even shown up when they say, oh, you have right. to stay behind. Yeah. No, there's nobody here. Let's you go. You could have been just like, here, I know another hiding place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a Borg and I know the coolest stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, Fathery is saying he needed cover for Hugh so he could hide the room. But there weren't any other guards there at that point. And he had to predict, I guess you predicted those other guards were going to show up. I mean, I guess the, the spatial And so did Elnor. Elnor somehow predicted those other guards were going to show up. Presumably they might be able to go and like look at the projector and say like, look, it says where they went. Let's go too. Yeah. Uh, like, or they could have fathomed it maybe. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's our big cliffhanger of the episode. Um... <clears throat> And again, like most Picard episodes, it stops, and I'm oh, oh, that's the end. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the... Although this was a longer episode. It was nearly a full hour. Yes, um, yes. So, uh, but it still felt like you're like, oh, we're just getting going. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it seems like most of the episodes of Picard surprise me when they end. I don't hate it or anything, but they do surprise me. Um, so... I guess one thing I did not mention, mm -hmm. it appears that Narek has a foot fetish. Um, I don't think I noticed that. Because anytime he wants to do something with Soji, he's like, you gotta take your shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. That, that, like, that's a motif. Once, once can be overlooked, but twice, that's a thing. <laughs> interesting, yeah. So, like, yeah, meditation... I'm not gonna kink shame, but, I mean, that's definitely a thing. You're talking about meditation chamber and... Uh, the sliding up and, and down the slip course. And slide, slip and uh, the slide. Yes, and slide. yes. And, of course, I don't think she's wearing boots inside the in the bed either. Yeah. So, you know, it might be all about those feet. <laughs> Interesting. I hope Those it perfect, is. Perfect, perfect android feet. You know, so, this is a good tie-in, uh, um, Father, he points out, to Tarantino's possible upcoming Star Trek. Oh, yes! And we could have people with swords and blood spraying yeah. everywhere and body yeah. parts flipping through the Yeah, uh, Tarantino's watching this wishing he was working. Yes, he he yes. agreed to work on that. <laughs> this is all designed to lure him back to his Star Trek movie. Now, I've, uh, I'm, I'm skimming through my notes since we've kind of wrapped up the main stuff on the show. Before yeah. we get to the Gorn eggs, I'm yeah. looking to see if there's anything I didn't cover. And I, I think we've hit most of it, but I did want to mention um, the... Uh, uh, well, two things. Uh, uh, one is that... Uh, or a few things, maybe. 
Dr. Drotty at one point says something that sounded almost straight out of Dr. McCoy's playbook from Trek 09. The, she says, why do you like it out here uh, uh, in space? Uh, it's cold and it's empty and it wants to kill you. <laughs> um, so she's apparently not enjoying being off Earth. But yeah. uh, but I like the I like the line and it did remind me of McCoy. Yes. Uh, also, she says to to uh, Rios when they're about to hook up. She says, uh, "I just like this exchange and his re- exact response." She said, "I've never slept with the captain of anything before," <laughs> and he goes, "Well, I I recommend it." <laughs> <laughs> Like, again, he wasn't pushing too hard, but I thought it was kind of a, it's cool. Yeah. You, you, you seen those holodecks? There's an emergency, we can get all those holodeck programs running at the same time. <laughs> Trust me. It'll be like Dr. Manhattan. So. Um, uh, Narissa, aka Rizzo the Rat. Yeah, yeah Rizzo the Rat. Uh, uh, she did for the first time. I, I I don't think it had come up yet, but she did say the L word, or, or that like she's like that she knew that he loved her, right? Yeah. And also that she was like that they were looking for the homeworld. Was that the first time it was explicitly mentioned? I think that was the first time that word was used. They were looking for where the other synths are. But, yeah. But, but the, describing it as a homeworld is is so I, I think thinking. a bit new. There's a point at which uh, Rafi asks. Um, uh, this is sort of a, a big moment where she says, "What does the Tal Shiar need from a synth?" They, uh, I can't. They've known about the Tal Shiar's involvement this whole time, and she's like all her conspiracies. I think tie tie those yeah. together. Um, and I, I sort of felt that this was a, one of those small things in the episode, but made me feel like, well, we're we kind of were asking that question. I think as far back as the second episode. Well, I think up until I guess this... because it gets answered in this in yeah. this one, they wanted to reiterate it. Well, I think the, the thing is is. Up until this point, the assumption has been that the Zat Vash just want to find and destroy Soji. Right. When they get there, Rafi is immediately convinced that they, for some reason, are holding off on that. Right. Which means that there's something more to this than just kill the android, kill the android Soji. And that's what she's puzzling about, which is again made me like her character because she's smart and yeah. she's thinking and she's she's figuring out stuff without even going over to the cube that Picard hasn't even noticed. That's really. true. That's a good point. And I like that. I like that she was like, "Oh, she, Rafi's got a real head, a brain in her head, man. Look at her go, does go, anybody, Rafi." Does anybody know where Picard and uh, Soji went? Like, do, does the does the crew? Of the La Serena? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they say, first they, t- they tell Hugh where to set the trajector. Yeah. I don't remember the name of it. Um, but the, he, the, the pla- I assume it's a planet name. Yeah. It sounded like. And then he calls the, 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 um, La Serena. La, La Serena and says, meet us at this planet. Okay, and, so they gives, do have a yes. directive. They're not just left hanging there while the cube goes crazy. Yeah. And probably the person that Rafi got to get them on board is like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> now was it's ex- a diplomatic incident. I was kind of expecting when we got on the cube that the, the something horribly bad was going to go on with the Borg and green lights were going to flash and we didn't get any of that. So it I was, was surprised. surprising. You thought that you would think that Elnor would have had to do that at some point. Yeah, I don't know the, if the, enough Romulans start coming uh, looking for him uh, then uh, maybe they'll have to turn on the board to help them yeah I don't know there could be there could be more happening maybe that's how Hugh Hugh gets out of his uh, Hugh and uh, Elnor get out of their problems or something it occurs to me it's a little mildly disturbing that uh, poor Elnor has only had to kill his own people uh, thus far yeah yeah just 
Something to think about. <laughs> yeah, he, he, Picard didn't exactly emphasize that when he hired him. Oh, by the way, you're going to be killing lots of Romulans. <laughs> you know how you're, so many of your people were killed in that supernova? If you, yeah. You're, yeah, you're going to kill a lot more. You're, you're working <laughs> to kind of recover, and really every Romulan life counts. Ah, a father, he chimes in, Nepenthe, Nepenthe. That's, uh, that's is, one of those uh, Romulan, or like that's like a Roman word or a Greek word or something like that. It is the name of the world, the Picard, and eventually the Las Serana. La Serena? La Serena is headed to. And it's apparently the episode title for next week. Oh, well, okay then. Okay. Um, so. any, any link to Rurapente? <laughs> we, we, we haven't done Klingons yet. <laughs> if we're going to head into Klingon space? I mean, maybe. Um, so. uh, right. Nepenthe is from uh, from the Odyssey. Uh, Father A has informed us that it is the, it's a drug that you can take uh, that will help you forget. So they're going to planet Forget. Yes. Forgetful planet. Um, I wonder what they're going to forget or try to forget. Well, I'm pretty sure the planet wants to be forgotten. Uh, that the synths themselves are trying as as, as no, as but that, that that's not the the planet the synths are on. That's just where Picard oh, that's to true. escape to. That's true. So, in fact, uh. from the trailer, I think we have a pretty good idea what he finds there. But, um, but, uh, but I, I hadn't thought about forgetting anything on this planet. Now I'm curious as to what yeah. we're going to forget. Presumably, it'll be a you know like a title like that probably has some th- will have some thematic resonance out of it. I would hope so. Um, be throwing something like that around without some sort of. You got to be going somewhere, literary people. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump on to our uh, our own Easter eggs, aka Gorn eggs. <laughs> First Gorn egg to mention is uh, deals with android dreaming. Uh, uh, we I'm reliably informed that androids have dreamed before in at least two episodes, notably the TNG episode Birthright and yeah. Phantasms. Yes. Next Gorn egg. Uh, Picard was last seen on a board cube uh, way back in Best of Both Worlds parts <coughs> one and two. It's been a while. Yes, yes. Uh, time would... enough for him to uh, be particularly uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Which is why I would for sure transport him over to the scariest part of it. <laughs> Another good one, the, my favorite probably Easter egg, was that uh, Picard Googles the artifact um, and we get an image, a collection of images from other Star Trek episodes, including uh-huh. our first scene from a Deep Space Nine episode, yeah. um, the DS9 episode that I'm name I always butcher, Inter Arma Enum Silent Lagus. Uh, sure. Sure. Is that a Latin? Uh, yes. And okay. is apparently, it, it means something to the effect of in, uh, war all laws are silent or something like that. Yeah, okay. And I, somebody told me they'd actually mistranslated it. But, uh. Why did that episode, why did that image pop up though? When that was... is the one where, uh, the USS Bellerophon is invited to Romulus to discuss Romulan support for the Dominion War mm-hmm. and Julian Bashir and Admiral Ross go along and Section 31 uses Julian Bashir to do a schemey, plotty thing. Um, Why which did it pop for Picard when he searched it, though? Uh, well, he co- looked up Romulans and the artifact and the Borg, and so I, I think they just wanted to show that the Ro- this is a, a picture of the Romulan Continuing Committee, okay. uh, the leadership of the Romulans back uh, during the time of the Dominion War. Anyway. Oh, okay. I'm actually not, yeah. because I don't know that those that era well, uh, Romulan Continuing Committee is not a term I know. It's, it's the Continuing Committee is like the secret version of the Senate, according to at least some of the fan EU that's tried to reconcile where does the Senate and where does the Continuing Committee sit. Okay. Um, so that was also the episode that revealed Section 30, the person at the top of the, uh, 
at the top of the Tal Shiar command chain, apparently, is a Section 31 agent. I don't know if we're going oh. to be delving into that in this series or not. That would not. be a very, very subtle hint uh, if, there, <laughs> if that was going to somehow be of any I, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I was very pleased to see a shot from Deep Space Nine, yeah. and I'm, I'm guessing Fathery also was really in love with that I'm as well. I'm sure he was. Uh, Hugh on the thing, obviously, from the episode, the TNG episode, I Borg. Yeah, old Hugh and new Hugh. And yes, new Hugh, yes. yeah. Same actor, but, but different makeup. Yep. Um, and, uh, do we also then see, yeah, right, Locutus, uh, or Picard in Locutus mode. Yes. Um. Which I thought was interesting that they chose to use a shot from the next generation rather than the more advanced makeup Locutus from, uh, that we see in the flashbacks in First Contact. I guess the, uh, the next generation stuff was pretty iconic as far as that show went. Yes. I mean, they're very similar, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I did love absolutely love the way they shot the camera shot straight through the hologram so that you see Locutus's superimposed. face superimposed and Picard is like touching the side where the yep. implants would be like it was a mirror. That, that was one of the most amazing shots I've yeah, seen. Yeah, I did think Star that was Trek. super, that was a, a really great bit of visual imagery. Yes. Let's see. The comment about the Romulans are in a 250 year bad mood. <laughs> And that references how long the, the since first contact occurred between the Terrans and the Romulans back in the Enterprise episode Minefield. Um, um, having not seen that one in a good while, uh, is Minefield? Do they know that they're Romulans in that? They do know that they're they they talk to them audio only. They right. don't get to see any. Romulans. So that in Kirk's time, it's still true that no one's seen a Romulan. Yes, but they, yeah. the ship flies up and says, "What are you doing in our minefield? Getting blown up? Well, stop it. Go away." So, <laughs> That's not what it's there for. <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, next Gorn egg is that uh, Picard, uh, his Borg flashbacks are footage from the from First Contact, including the Queen. Yes, I did. I did enjoy. Oh, look, there's the Queen. So, <laughs> uh, so there's something interesting Hugh says that I thought was an interesting, um, as far as like a sort of... Uh, had some greater weight now, uh, now too. He says uh, of Picard, uh, he says, a new name can be the first step to a new identity. I learned that on the Enterprise all those years ago, uh, which, of course, was, again, from the episode I Borg, uh, his original Borg uh, um, designation, I think is that what they called it. Yeah. Uh, it was third of five, uh, but Jordy and Dr. Crusher ended up renaming him. Yes. Um uh, the the notion of uh, like dead names very much something that would be active in uh, in, our, in our current culture as uh, uh, we become like sort of more aware of like trans uh, people who transition yeah. and uh, leave their old names behind and, uh, and and not just that but there's you know folks uh, on the various scales of uh, gender so. The uh, I, th I thought that was a good line too, and in addition yeah. to referencing that episode, yeah. it's it's a it's a bit from an episode from the 1990s that still has resonance, of, yeah. you know, a huge resonance today, if not more so than when it did when it was even when it was originally mentioned. Yeah, I, I took it in a much nerdier way. <laughs> For it. me, I was like, so why is Seven of Nine still Seven of Nine, and why hasn't why she, she reclaimed her her old name or come up with a new one? And then I realized. 
because she was at peace with himself and Seven of Nine still struggling with her identity. Right. And I was like, oh, I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, Rafi uh, says at one point uh, that she owes uh, Rios two strips of latinum. Oh, this was the bet that she placed as to whether was Soji was alive or not. Yeah. Because she <laughs> should a, be. Speaking of dark, <laughs> that yeah. was kind of a dark one. Yeah, yeah. Picard, she was the whole time convinced Picard is just going to show up and find her dead. Yeah. Long dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like already starting to smell. But the. Uh, <laughs> The Gornag in question is, of course, the the Latinum reference, which uh, anybody who's especially DS Nine, but also TNG, yeah. uh, is the currency of the Ferengi Alliance, uh, and Father, kind of a currency of a lot of riffraff that's around true. in the Alpha Quadrant. It was a it was yeah. it was a name for that viewers all became familiar with. Uh, yeah. uh, Father, he tells me that uh, one hundred slips equals one strip. And 20 strips equals one bar. Yes. So in case you needed to convert that or do any, you know, if you're going to be traveling internationally. <laughs> I used to know how many credits were in a slip and how many bars made a brick, but I don't have that off information off the top of my head. So. <laughs> um, at one point, Narek uh, is dressing down a uh, Romulan sub-commander uh, because he wants to, I guess that's when he's gaining access to the meditation room thing. Yes. And yeah. uh, he... Um, I, I intimidates the guy by saying something about sub-commander bars, you know, his, his yes. ranks are, are not for idiots. Uh, that's a, a traditional rank in the Romulan yeah. military. I, uh, I did think that was interesting in that sub-commander is generally like the equivalent of like an executive officer or captain kind of thing yeah. in, in equivalent. So that that's a really high-ranked guy guarding that meditation room, <laughs> which again <laughs> emphasizes this is important. Yeah, so. if you were the next Diane Duane, you'd be having to really think about that scene yeah, yeah. And, and decide what to extrapolate. Yeah, it's not like they threw out an Ulan or something, which is a low-ranking Romulan rank. Right. They, they threw out a really high rank there. So uh, it's, It was apparently also used with the Vulcans during the 22nd century uh, per Enterprise. Okay. Sochi had a little stuffed animal that they used throughout this, and I was wondering if it was anything in particular. Uh, but if nothing else, we just want to say its name is Squoogee. <laughs> Squoogee. Yeah, okay. Uh, I was know, wondering if it was Umugatu when I first got a look at it, but it really doesn't look like that. I have to confess, I kind of would have liked it to be some insider thing like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see... Um, uh, well, oh, yes, we talked about this one. The weaponized radiation released in a small device that opens on the top is a very similar to Nemesis. Yep, just so. didn't uh, make you all become a desiccated husk, uh, but it was, but it probably would have after a little We don't know what it would have done to yeah. humans. That's She's true. She's an android, maybe hyper-resistant. <laughs> so well, not, to, not to Romulans that spit venom. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. It did seem like that was a very complicated way to kill her. So... And, and not very pleasant. It wasn't like, well, I'm going to give her this way because it'll be painless. No, she seemed to be in pain. Yep. So uh, this last Gorn egg is my favorite. Okay. Um, you 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 take it though because you know more about you. You remember this episode better than I. I did, did actually watch this one a few months ago. So uh, the spatial projector that they have as an emergency uh, as a tra uh, as an emergency escape mechanism for the Borg Queen is in fact a technology used by the Skakarans. Yep. Uh, from the Voyager your episode Prime Factors. Was that uh, season one? Yeah, early two? season one. Yeah. They encounter a more, a, basically a species of, uh, that is more Federation than the Federation. Like, like, we, like they love art even more. They're even <laughs> more friendly to visitors. They're even yeah. more loving stories and fiction and culture and more into, we want to know everything about your culture yeah. and, and, and are, want to use that and assimilate that into our own stuff. Uh, and they were also more hardline about the Prime Directive. They were and like, we could get you home, home, but it's wrong. Well, they said, I think they said <laughs> that 40, the 
40,000 light year thing, I think, was actually from the episode. They said we could send you 40,000 light years, but that was over halfway. Right. Like a huge savings. Right. You and know. that was with the spatial projector. Yes. Which we will infer, or as outright said in this episode, mm-hmm. the Borg assimilated them at some point. Yes, yes. And now it's Borg tech. Yes. All of the, 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 the Borg now have uh, spatial projectors. And and maybe that explains part of their new look yeah. of the inside of their cube. I wonder um, if those guys survived it. Like you know, did some of them get off planet? They have apparently. They, they do have an excellent way to do it. That's for sure. If it, it would be kind of embarrassing if none of them escaped. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, that's a pretty cool. That is a that's a deep cut to call back uh, Voyager season one just so you can have an escape portal. It should have been transport beaming created by Scotty. <laughs> I feel bad for you because I know you've been you've been rooting for that. If if we had you make a list of things you wanted to see in Picard, like five of the ten would yeah. be transport. I don't know five, but it would not be on the list of uh, of the ten. That's for sure. So, all right, let's hit up some subspace transmissions. Get some fan uh, responses here. Uh, starting with Facebook, and these are in response to last week's episode, Stardust City Rag. Uh, first up is Benjamin Denifelis. Might be mispronouncing that. Uh, he says the uh, Seven of Nine arc is interesting, but appears uh, like a surprise among on the show. Uh, wasn't written very well, um, and he says he hopes she's not an element of uh, uh, nostalgia geek service that we'll see in just in one episode. Um, I they basically promise she's coming back because they give Picard the little thing in case you need some help. Yeah, it's just so. a question of whether it'll be this season with dramatic cavalry, probably, yeah. or next season for like another arc or something. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to say the treason of Allison Pill's character and the sudden revelation of her past relationship confirmed the melodrama aspect of the episode. Uh, uh, we can think the same thing about the Rafi arc, uh, which isn't too much of a surprise. Uh, he says the episode isn't very good, uh, despite some fun with the operations and the disguise, um, and, uh, some of the universe building in it. Uh, but he says he thinks they wanted to work on too many things. Um, uh, thank you, uh, from, uh, from a uh, French fan there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I kind of... I don't know if that's for those were like precisely echoed my complaints, but I did. It seemed like he thought it was a lesser episode. I kind of ended up in the same place. Um, nah. <laughs> you and you that and Father episode e- was a awesome. It was pretty <laughs> much almost. It was pretty much all gold. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the horrors of that episode. Adam B. Owen says I hated seeing Ichev go out so horribly uh, and having to get put out of his misery by seven. Uh, but this episode really highlights the tone that DS Nine tried when it first came out. Not everything is pretty or shiny in the galaxy like it is in Federation space. There are awful evil people out there, and some of them are even humans. Uh, particularly like the moment when Seven asked Picard about losing his humanity. Yeah. For sure. Highlight highlight of the episode, yes. I, I kind of think. At least dramatically speaking. Uh, Travis Behenna says, I'm wondering if Alison Pill's character isn't an, also an android and doesn't know it, except on a subconscious level. I had been wondering about that early on. I kind of don't think that's the case. I am going to have to ask for clarification. Allison Pill plays... Uh, uh, Dr. Gerardi. Ah, okay. Yes, Angus. Okay, yes. Uh, I wondered about that, too. Like, so. um, I, I I don't know what there is to gain from it at this point. Um, I think it would but, be ironic if she ran around trying to kill all these androids and discovered she was one. Uh, I would enjoy that irony. Well, it's a very Blade Runner kind of move. Yeah. Um, it, but Blade Runner's uh, statute of limitation has long since expired. <laughs> it is time to redo these. No, no. They, they do a new Blade Runner cut every five to ten years. <laughs> All right. I had forgotten about the that. The statute of limitations <laughs> from expiring. Um, Robert Q. Garza has just said of the episode, shocking. 
And uh, the, for sure, that seemed to be a reaction that a lot of folks well, had. Yes. All right, let's hit up a few comments from YouTube. Uh, Phaetonia said, Did you notice Seven's line when she told the story of how Ichab got to the salvage table? She said he was a young science officer. If so, why then was he wearing a red shirt? Uh, interesting question. Any theories? Anything you can work with here? Because you have to make sure there's an imperfection in the episode, otherwise you will not uh, you will displease the gods. It would just be too too perfect. Yes, <laughs> uh, I have no clue. That's about as good as you can come up with. Uh, I think uh, I'd be interested to hear anybody. You know, this is uh, we've all, Father and I often mentioned the old thing Marvel did called a no prize, where you would readers would send in explanations for mistakes, sometimes slightly convoluted explanations, but meant to indicate, oh, it wasn't a mistake, it was right, and here's the backstory. <laughs> so if somebody's got the no prize, and you would get sent a thing that said no prize, it was bizarre and funny. Uh, anyway, if you've got a no prize explanation for that, throw it out there, let's see if we can get a good one going. Persephone Basilissa uh, says, uh, I was so ashamed that I giggled giddily at that introduction. Now, I'm going to hope that this was the introduction in which we did our awful French accents. Yes. In which case, thank you for uh, for giving us that. That's, yes. that's all we needed was to make one person laugh. Yes. <laughs> and, and not the introduction of the episode where each have died. <laughs> yes. That's the other possibility. <laughs> and if that is the case, then... Um, that's between you and your therapist. Yes. <laughs> uh, Seek help. <laughs> um, uh, you know, Farpoint Station, with just a nice comment on, on this, says, Made my Sunday. Thanks for consistently positive and awesome content, guys. Hey, super thank you. That's awesome. That felt like something Will Wheaton would say. <laughs> That's my giddy Will Wheaton imi- imitation, imitation there. All right, let's uh, let's see what else we've got. Let's go to uh, Twitter stuff now. Uh, first up, I got Starfleet Boy. He says, the more I watch it, the more I love it. Aside from Jerry Ryan's spectacular return to Star Trek, it also gives us a lot of interesting clues as to what's going on, which I still don't know, but I'm totally excited to find out. All the actors are great, too. Ten out of ten from me. Uh, so, another. it seems like that episode went over pretty well with people who weren't hater me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Captain Pikachu. Uh says Rafi's scene with her son is one of the most powerful ones in this story because it's so real and relatable as something that people could experience in real life, and it speaks to the feelings of children who feel abandoned by their parents. I did really like that scene. Yeah. I th- I kind of wish it had had a little more room to breathe because poor Rafi had to just like turn tail and just walk away at the end of that. Yeah, and uh, that had to be rough. She had gone on this dangerous voyage. Did her kid even know all he yeah. had done? All she had done to try there. Yeah. But I, I think him, he was like, I'm trying to get something done, and then, like, his crackhead mom showed up. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I do want to know what broke her, though. We, we need we need that answer, you yeah, know, at some true. point. Not, you know, I, I want to know why. Because in the Federation, I don't think somebody just starts using drugs and, and, and being an alcoholic for no reason whatsoever. We can still hope for the sh- for that to be a short track. Because yeah. uh, probably that might need more room to breathe, too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Nike Morgan says, the beginning and end were very gruesome. Gives it a double thumbs down with the thumbs down emojis. Jerry Ryan was magnificent. She stole the show. Thumbs up emoji. Jonathan Frakes directing. Excellent. Thumbs up emoji. Generally, I really like the casting of San Diego Cabrera as Captain Rios. Thumbs up emoji. Uh, if we balance it out, I believe that is, that is a net plus one thumbs up emoji, uh, (laughs) to the, to the two thumbs down for the, uh, gruesome opening, which was pretty horrific. Yes. All right, I think that's about it for us. Next week, we're going to be discussing the uh, upcoming seventh episode, Nepenthe. Now we know what that means, and uh, we can see how exactly what it will ultimately mean for the episode. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll have this posted on Sunday night uh, by 8 p.m. Central Time. What else do we want to mention? <laughs> do you, if you have any comments. Okay. 
Um, also, if you have any comments uh, or thoughts on what we said in this episode, uh, if you want to say what it's like to have a father fatherless episode, yes, yes. Uh, let us know. We did miss him, but he was here in spirit. He was literally five feet from me the whole time. <laughs> Uh, posting notes, and he had good show notes to keep us going. So, oh, oh my God, yes. it's his hand. <laughs> He's better. His hand is alive. Spock lives. Uh, um, and, you know, again, we will use that as our cue uh, to uh, to thank you for being with us this week, uh, and tune in next time for Text Trek. And until that next time, live, live long, long and prosper, prosper y'all. Listen to the Text Trek podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at text-trek.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash text-trek. And follow Fathery on Twitter at TXTrek. Please support us by liking our videos and subscribing to our channel on YouTube. Thank you and take care.